Welcome to The Breadwinners. We're back for season five and taking your questions about work, life, and everything in between. I'm Jennifer Owens. I served as editorial director of Working Mother Media and founded the Working Mother Research Institute. And I'm Rahel Ellison. I'm an executive coach and management consultant who works with companies big and small to design workplace policies that work for all employees. There's nothing we like more than talking about work-life strategies, but we know that in the real world, such questions can be very personal and a little prickly. In this season of The Breadwinners, we tackle them all. Raquel. Yes. So today's question's another goodie. Are you uh, ready for a goodie? to understand what your definition of goody is. (laughs) I know. Sorry about that. It's an interesting question from a breadwinner that needs our insightful commentary. Is that a goody? Yes. That's always (laughs) goody. All right. Okay. Are you ready? I'm ready. All right. You know, you told me you were ready. And then I asked you again if you were ready. So I don't know. I guess we're ready. So anywho, here, here we go. Okay. Dear breadwinners, I hate my boss. I know I shouldn't say that, but I do. I've come to realize that she operates from a position of fear and anxiety. Let's just say that's not my way. But if I want to get anything done, I have to work with her and get her on board. But so far, she's rejected nearly every boat I've sailed her way, even as I've tried to offer a destination that might account for her fears. I like the company. I like my coworkers. I like my role. I just don't like her. What can I do? Whoa. This is good. This is good. <laughs> is it run for the hills? Is that just my answer for all of these things? <laughs> it's just run for the hills. That, yeah, that's it. Exactly. I, again, I really appreciate the boats, the sailing, the destination. Everybody, there's a lot of thought being put into this relationship. Yeah. Which is key. I wonder, two things come to mind for me. And I guess one would be to be introspective about it, right? So Mm -hmm. she's driven by fear and anxiety, and that's not me. Okay, that's awesome. But but what, what is that? You know, I the word triggering is triggering, but like, <laughs> but what is that setting off in you? What kind of reaction? Because it's not just, you have to kind of explore what is that bad taste in your mouth taste? Mm-hmm. Like, so that oh, that's interesting. What is this hitting in me? What do I need to be aware of? And how do I process? Internally. Yeah. Oh, because I was immediately going externally and thinking about What's triggering her? Well, I think there's, I think that that's, that's where we would all go. Right. But I think what happens is the more that this listener just sees the boss as driven by fear and anxiety, it kind of becomes these sort of polar. Oh, right. Get kind of entrenched. You start to shift your relationship to being polar opposites. Right, right. right. That's true. You know, there's something called the ladder of inference. And it's oh, really- do not- tell. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so the ladder of inference is something used in, in uh, 
Well, I guess this is more of the external piece, right? So it's about first reflecting on yourself and what it's what it's setting off in you. And one of the theories that has really been on my mind lately, but I've seen it's kind of everywhere you look, both in psychological like literature about about self-development, but also in negotiation and business, this concept of internal family systems. And really, the idea is that you have these parts of yourself that are reacting to, you know, might even be unconsciously reacting to things that other people are doing Hmm. based on stuff that you've experienced, right? So the introspection, I think, is where I start because it's helpful to know, like, why am I reacting so strongly? Because I think that the tendency that we have is to expect that eventually I'm just going to be right. And she's going to realize the living in fear and anxiety is not worth it. And she needs to do things my way. I'm not saying that's what you're saying, listener, but that's what we all do, I think, to some extent. I'm right. She's wrong. You know, she needs to get her head on straight. And once I explain to her rationally many times what is going to be what's right, yeah, you know. then she will know. So that is probably not how it's going to work. So it's really important to think about maybe it's the emails that you get from her, maybe it's the conversations that you have, maybe it's a certain turn of phrase, maybe it's a certain position that she's taking, but. But just take a step back and and kind of read your internal room for a minute and think about like, what is this setting off? And get curious about it. So I think part of that theory of internal family systems is that we have all these parts that get triggered, but then we also have this bigger self, this idea that like there is all these different parts exist, but like you are you. And you mm-hmm. have a way, like when you're calm, when you're confident, there's like eight C's or something. Like when you're kind of clear on what you need and you're not coming from a reactive place, it's much easier for you to kind of get to the outcomes that you want. So I guess check internally to see that you're not reacting from. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. From that place. And the second thing, I mean, you know, I talked about the ladder of inference. I think there are many different ways you can examine what is going on mm-hmm. in the interactions that you two are having. This ladder of inference kind of what happens is we sort of, you know, when you think about how we understand someone's position, someone's what someone's about, what their agenda what is. What their their motivation is. Yeah we tend to kind of just go straight to drawing conclusions. (laughs) What? I would never do that. (laughs) So we're already up there and then we act, right? So it's like almost like we do that. So if you imagine the bottom of a ladder, like instead of jumping to that top where you're drawing conclusions and, and acting, you really need to think about, wait a second, like what are the facts on the ground? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like, what data is available to me right now to understand the dynamic between us. Right. Mm -hmm. And then as we go up the ladder of inference, we start to kind of 
put our beliefs, context, values, like on top of it and kind of start to draw to draw conclusions from there. But but when we stop ourselves and go back to the data, it's helpful. But if we go, so there's all the available data, then we say like, okay, which data do I feel is the right data? Like, let me just see. Okay, well, she said this and she rolled her eyes kind of, or like yeah. that animal had caps. You know, so we pick and choose which of the data is most important here based on our kind of perspective on the world. Then we make interpretations. Oh, she wrote that email with all caps. Not because she forgot the caps lock, caps lock, but because she really can't stand that I'm talking to this colleague about that. So then we get there and then, and then we draw conclusions. So because she can't stand that, that means she's stuck in fear and anxiety. And then oh, we have to address that just kind of react to yeah, that. Yeah, you're you're asking us to take a moment in and our assessment of the situation and kind of how did we get to this assessment that we think she rules in fear and anxiety. Yeah. Yeah. As a starting place. Yeah. So I mean I think it's you gotta go back to the data. And yeah. you gotta go back to thinking about kind of what assumptions are you making? What conclusions are you drawing? Beliefs. Like what are your beliefs and what actions are you making? Right. I mean, this person got to that role somehow. Right. Right. But then, is, you know, isn't that what the Peter principle that people get <laughs> promoted, like one step beyond their capabilities or whatever that is? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's interesting. Yeah. I mean, when I was younger, my strategy for dealing with such uh, bosses was just to be real mad and come home and yell about them. <laughs> that really worked really well. Yeah. I mean, honestly, like I've had, it's interesting as I'm walking this listener through some possible next steps, I'm thinking about relationships that I've had right? in those roles where I've been like, oh my God, they're just, you know. And some were, you, well, there is always the thought that they have information that you don't have too. Yeah. I think there is respect with less of a grounding in philosophy and the like that that you have the gut reaction queen over here. There is the thought that they know something or they've especially if they've been at the company a long time that mm-hmm. they they somehow know how the world works. Doesn't mean they're right, but they're dealing with they've bumped into walls before and they're they just don't want to do that again. So then you have to figure out what walls are they going to throw up at every turn and how many can you dismantle or just don't dismantle some of them. Like, okay, you don't want to do that. I'll move on. I'll do something else. You know, like right. not meaning switch the job, but I'll find a project that everyone likes and let's go move on. Do that. Yeah. I think that makes that's, you know, it's just hard when it's, as someone who likes to build things or improve things, make change, which, you know, that's all what we're in the work world for. Mm-hmm. When someone is constantly like, I, I don't know about that. B- variations on that. Did you talk to so-and-so? Did you, you know, and just throwing up random things that don't seem right or helpful. It's very frustrating. I completely know the frustration of this 
Biar. And my my advice is to basically listen to everything you're saying because your goal in this is to not create a nemesis out of your boss. Right. That's I'm in a stage in my career, my life, and the like. It was called out to me by my lovely friend Lori that I often have a nemesis at work. And it's true because I think I set up things where I am right. I mean, I am right. I just got there way faster than you did. And I don't want to spend a lot of time bringing you along. (laughs) So now I've gotten, you know, I want to slow down. I'm not saying I wasn't right. I just want to slow down a bit. And I would rather not have an enemy at work. And I'd really rather not that person be my boss. I'd rather all let's all work together and try to get stuff done. And that's where's the compromise that I can find there or make them feel better, you know, feel more confident. If they're not confident, it may be you, which is awful to say, you know, like, I'm sorry, but it it may be something's you're not gelling with them. Mm -hmm. You maybe you can't, and that may be a larger issue and you need change needs to happen. But I like the idea of thinking introspectively here because I right now am spending a lot of time thinking internally like that too. Yeah, I think it's hard. And again, like it's hilarious to me, like how quickly I can go there for someone else. Right. Oh, right. <laughs> you <laughs> really should think introspectively. You yeah, should be I'm doing so the work. <laughs> and then when I think about myself and I think I about hate her. <laughs> it's like, oh my God, she is the worst and like only cares about number one and blah blah blah. And like She's too afraid to make any changes because it'll call make it. She'll have to explain it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I get it. I'm not saying it's easy, but that is what. That's what what education and the literature would tell us to do. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's what I would tell you as your coach, not necessarily do myself, I guess. Yeah. But then I also let us acknowledge that I think there are people who get into positions where, you know, there is, isn't it true that there's very little manager training out there? You know, they, people get moved into jobs. They're not prepared for it. The organization doesn't prepare them for it and just says kind of sink or swim. And so the other option to sink or swim is just tread water. And so that's how I think some of this stuff happens. Is I got here, I can't let it go. I don't, you know, and and you're and you you upstart are you know freaking me out here. I really do think that happens. I think so too. I do want to say, as someone who has designed manager trainings, overseen the design of manager trainings, I think it's really hard to get manager trainings right. And Is that right? Like, I yeah, do. I, I think because you know it's like the idea of like. Oh, we are going to teach you math skills. And yeah, you're, you're going to know everything you need to know <laughs> in this particular job. For every particular individual that you have. I mean, yeah. it, it's just, you know. I agree. One- I have been to uh, wonderful programs and the like, and I, f- I often don't see myself in the training or the like, because when I was running teams, I was in editorial and I was de- mm-hmm. dealing with creative types. And so, and you'd be going this things where they're talking about dealing with a group of analysts or a group of engineers 
or, you know, and I'm like, oh, geez, I have like editors, creative directors, research. Like I have all these different people. I have reduced, I just, there's a reduced um, resources. I'm constantly being, you know, the stress of publishing dying and, you know, like all this stuff. And I'm like, mm. I, this is, I'm not in a growth industry. I'm not, you know, like, so I personally have experienced that of being in trainings and like, this is really great. I wish my whole organization used the language that you're using here in this. That would be a step one. If we could all agree that we call this that. Right. Right. So yes, yes. you can tell I like I've, I've, I've had that experience, same experience of like, and you also had the experience of, Hey, like the first time I had to manage anyone, mm-hmm. it just, yep, here you go. And it was a one-to-one. I just had one report we had, to, oh my God, it was so, I think it's better when you have more people because one-to-one, it's almost like they're your assistant. Yeah. Because exactly. it, then, you, and you don't know how to offload tasks. You're just like, do this. <laughs> yeah. No, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So I don't know what I, I, I don't know. And here's the other thing. What do you think about going around the boss? So you've got this project you want to do, you've brought it to her or him or whatever. You've brought it to your boss and they've thwarted it for the umpteenth, you know, it's yet another project they've thwarted and you're very frustrated. What's the thinking on going around them? So. Because it's very tempting. Again, I've done it. (laughs) Me too. (laughs) And I know it is not your best look. I think it really, it really depends what the challenge is. I think if you're going yeah. to say like, you know, to just kind of. Yeah. Be mindful of the, the fallout that can come from such things. Yeah. yeah. Also, is, is it, are you just complaining or do you have a particular request? Like, right. <laughs> Could you peel back your request to yeah. what, you know, like, the nub of what actually you need help with the exactly. manager. Cause you know, this thing, this is like being at preschool, standing next to a mom and saying something like, Hey, your kid is terrible because you're going to be stuck with that, that mom with you through all the classes for the next, like through elementary school, maybe right. further, you know, be real careful before you say to another parent, something not complimentary about their child. That's all right. I'm saying. <laughs> Well, okay. So what is, what's our, you've got a boss, you feel like they're just living in fear. What do we need to think about first? Let's, let's, you know, look inward sounds so broad, but the idea is to still love it, to try to scan your own kind of internal landscape. Like what is this taking off? Yeah. Who is she reminding you of? What do the comments sound like, right? Like, try to kind of pinpoint what part of you is kind of really being rattled by mm-hmm. this kind of, by her, her approach. Because it, it's, there are times when you can be clear and, like, I bet if you tried, 
and you were not, you know, after a weekend or in the middle of a vacation or on a week when she's out, like, and you feel like, oh, I'm feeling particularly calm and collected and confident right now. Yeah. Like, think about it then and think about like, what does that set off? I don't think about it in the midst of of the moment. Right. Also, you know, really try to practice best practice in terms of conflict resolution and just getting to to the bottom of like walking yourself back from making assumptions, drawing conclusions, and just go back down to like, wait a second, what are the facts on the ground? Right. Right. How do I take it from there? So, yeah. And I would say take her at her word. If she says, here's a wall, here's a wall, here's a wall, at least at the start. Okay. Then go deal with those walls and come back. Now, don't do it as a Sisyphean thing, but try it. You know, like, see, could you proactively, the next time you're coming to her, take down, you know, I, hey, I already took down these three walls. Just, I don't know. See if you can assuage her fear. Right. Yep. And then then it may turn out, no, but you're going to have to do a little work. Right. Before you decide. Internal work, external work. You know, I always go to the external because it's easier. (laughs) True. I think it's easier for all of us in some ways. Not sure it's always the most effective, but it does feel like the best place to go first. Thank you so much for joining us on The Breadwinners. Do you have a sticky work-life question for us? Send it our way at thebreadwinnerspod at gmail.com. We're here to help. And please take a moment to rate and review our show. It really helps. And of course, join us on Facebook or Instagram at The Breadwinners Podcast. And until next time, keep hustling. This podcast is part of the Sound Advice FM network. Sound Advice FM, women's voices amplified.